0: Welcome to Viewpoint on Construction, our podcast series that offers modern takes on a transforming industry. Beyond the latest construction technologies and best practices, this podcast series looks at the innovative ideas, creative voices, and forward-thinking themes that are shaping our industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen welcome I am once again thrilled to be here and I am once again Wayne Newitz with Viewpoint and I am sitting here with Mr. Greg Sizemore Greg good morning
1: Glad to be here. Well, we're
0: glad to have you, uh, Greg Sizemore. For the few people who may not know this, is Vice President of Health, Safety, and Workforce Development for the Associated Builders and Contractors. That's that's quite a mouthful. You fit that all on your business card, Greg? It wraps around the back. Actually. That that's awesome. Tell us a little bit. Uh, you know, bring it down to the runway here. What what do you uh, what do you do for the ABC and its members?
1: So um, we are a trade association. Uh, we have twenty one thousand member companies. Uh, that represent literally hundreds of thousands of people that do construction work, whether that be self-perform, whether that be uh, service to uh, the industry, such as an accountant or a lawyer or what have you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what we do at ABC National and my specific role in my team is we work on things that affect the industry at large, right? Uh, recognizing that with OSHA, Uh, We interface with them on a regular basis and give them regulatory feedback when regs come out. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when we're talking about, you know, how do we deploy uh, new safety technology out to our member chapters, Mm we can push that out into uh, our various members. And then on the workforce side of it, it's much the same. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of momentum uh, behind expanding apprenticeship, Sure. and we're heavily engaged with the administration uh, there in D.C. Uh, looking at things that are really affecting the future craft workers that do what we do and pushing that out across a network
0: of 70 chapters. Work- workforce development, that's that's something we're hearing at every conference uh, all over the industry. Articles, papers being written on it. Um, it's, it's a fascinating topic. And then safety uh, and how that plays into the larger topic of workforce development is what we're going to talk about today. But tell us a little bit, Greg, how did you get involved with with this? What brought you to this point where you are, if I may say so, one of the leading safety experts in the construction industry? How'd you get there?
1: Well, thank you for the compliment. It's interesting. I started in uh, the business in 1978. It was really the first real job I ever had. Mm-hmm. Really was interested in kind of more the accounting side, the back office, the payroll side of construction as opposed to turning wrenches and pounding nails and those types of things. Right. Over the years, you know, safety may not have been the biggest priority in the grand scheme of things, but over 30 years of growing up in the industry, literally, mm-hmm. you begin to see people get injured and you begin to say, well, that could have been avoided. Sure. You know? sure. And so was there a cathartic moment in my life that made me go from this guy that thought about safety to becoming this maniac about safety? <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I could go back to specific projects and, and say that I saw individuals uh, put themselves in harm's way for mm-hmm. no apparent reason, other than they were trying to cut a corner, trying to do something quicker than it should have been done. Yeah, and the reality is, is I just made that conscious decision one day to say, you know, this is what I need to be getting engaged in. I really need to change the narrative. Right. Um, our industry, by nature of what we do, is very hazardous. Uh, some people would say. You know, it offers a lot of challenges just to be safe. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You're working at heights. You're working, uh, you know, with around various obstacles. In some places, you're doing what they call brownfield builds. So right. you've got live machinery happening around you. Mm-hmm. So, just by nature of my heartbeat, uh, kind of mm-hmm. looking at wanting people to go home in the same or better condition every day mm-hmm, when they mm-hmm, showed up, mm-hmm. uh, that was the thing that I really kind of got plugged into. And over the years, just kind of developed a reputation. And through my career, I uh, just fell back to safety.
0: Right. And and I remember the first times um, I had ever heard you speak, the passion that you had for this topic and asking everyone for their safety moment of the day, right? Uh, it was very powerful. It, it, it got me very interested in this topic. So what are we doing right now as an industry what are we doing right what are we doing wrong when it comes to safety are we are we moving in the right direction what's your feel for that
1: the the short answer to that question is yes we are moving i mean and and people the audience needs to really understand that my philosophy when it comes to safety and looking at that is safety is a continuous journey Mm -hmm. you never get there wherever there is you're always moving Technology is impacting us and making, today we heard about a new telescoping boom lift that goes 183 feet in the air, (laughs) you know, and I can't even wrap my head around being in that thing, Right. but you can actually be in that thing and move at the end of a boom. So this this, this new technology, these new ways of thinking, are we moving in the right direction? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we still have a long way to go? Always. Sounds like there are always new
0: challenges because there are always new ways of doing work. Uh, things that were things that are difficult or challenging now with respect to safety didn't even exist years ago. Flip side of that coin, of course, technology can help safety. Yeah.
1: Technology does, and and you know, you think about when the evolution of a safety belt, for example. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seventies and eighties it was a belt you wrapped around and had a rope lanyard that you hide you know, you tied off to if you were that guy or mm-hmm. that lady in the business. Long right. story short is now you've got carbon fiber units that have retractable yo yo's on them that fall protection in and of itself is gone just through the roof. Wirelessly connected to a system that's monitoring you in real time. Yeah, so you wear what they call wearables. Exactly. Uh, You can put on a high-vis vest that's Mm -hmm. got sensors in it that tells you what your perspiration is, what your heart rate is, where you're at on a plant or facility, Mm -hmm. how many times you bent over, Mm -hmm. how many times you picked up something. I mean, these are technology things that make us a safer environment. Here's what we're not. And yes. this is the big challenge that I have to, you know, tell people all the time. Mm-hmm. We are not a bunch of, you know, folks out there that just do not take safety as a consideration. I don't think anybody goes to work in the morning and goes, I just want to do this unsafely. <laughs> right. Some sort of pressure, whether it be cost or schedule or whatever the case may be, gets in the way. And for that one moment. Mm-hmm. They make a poor choice and they they injure themselves
0: and unfortunately it only takes that one moment one moment one moment out of a hundred good choices
1: you make one bad one moment and and we have to think that we're we're not ever going to get there Mm -hmm. but we'll always be moving in that direction i firmly believe that every incident and every accident is 100% avoidable
0: so tell us a little bit about what The organization, the ABC, does specifically to help contractors be more safe on the job site, some of your programs and initiatives.
1: Well, Associated Builders and Contractors, uh, the way we're structured is we have an ABC National Safety Committee. These are members that are part of our association. They're subject matter experts when it comes to safety and the types of things that we're doing in a commercial vertical build and or industrial environment. So This is not a residential. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we get together three times a year and we look at the latest and greatest things that are out there, if it's uh, you know, virtual reality, if it's augmented reality, if mm-hmm. it's uh, something that we can push out to our chapters to make them world. Those are the tactical things. Right. But what we do is we have two flagship programs. Our first flagship program is an acronym STEP, Safety Training Evaluation Process. Mm-hmm. Okay? That program was created back in, gosh, 1989, and over the last, well, however how many years that is, I can't do that in <laughs> my head. Don't ask me to many do Many years, many years, uh, we've amassed a large data set of individuals that participate in this program. And let me explain for the users or for the listeners out there uh, what this is. Imagine if I told you that I had the recipe that would reduce your total recordable incident rate by 50%. That means for every one person that you would hurt, I'm a removing a 50% probability if I just, I got the sauce. I know what it is. Right. That's magic. That's magic stuff. And so, this safety training evaluation process is a tool that contractors can apply to their organization and say, where am I at when it comes to these types of things? And so, in the world of safety, you have two things. You have leading indicators, mm-hmm. which is all the things that you know intuitively you probably should be doing. Okay. Lagging indicators, the actual data. That's when the incident occurs. Right. And okay? and I'm guessing that leading indicators is probably where we want to head here. Leading indicators is the four the tip of the spear. Sure, okay? sure. And so when you're looking at these the step application, you're you're putting your lagging indicator data. You know that. Mm-hmm. You know what your told recordable answer rate, you know your IR, evaluate yourself against 20 key components components. And you score yourself mm-hmm, against mm-hmm. those components. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not a this is not a trophy. This is not a beer drinking contest. No, well, the, this is about real people doing real
0: things. And that's where the winning is, right, right there. Of course, yeah. right. So, you alluded to some of the uh, statistics in the industry. Tell us a little bit more about that. I'll put you on the spot and, uh, and see what you have top of top of mind here. But I suspect you know them fairly well. Where are we as an industry with respect to safety uh, compared compared to other industries? Let's say.
1: Great question. It's so on the spot. I mean, safety is one of the one things that we do measure, mm-hmm. and, and the BLS data indicates today that the total incident rate or recordable rate is about 3.0. Okay. Right. That's and what does that mean exactly? Three real humans out of a hundred. Yeah. Are injured every day. Every single day. Every day in our industry. That's the, that's the BLS statistic, not mine. That is what the federal government says, okay?
0: See, see I, I worked at a company of 100 people, right. so it's easy for me to do this math. And I'm imagining if every single day three people got injured, some sometimes severely,
1: yeah, we'd be shut down. Yeah. And and so that, that's the industry average. Right. What we're trying to do is get below that. Right. And so when we begin to think about the step process we talked about, our highest performers in the step program. They're significantly below the BLS average when it comes to you know recordable incidents. And so when you start talking about leading indicators, if I have those types of people that are doing that type of work, they're on my safety committee, they help populate this tool that's guiding and shaping the way the industry looks at it. We're, we're just a hazardous industry. And again, I don't know what manufacturing is, but I can tell you they've got high opportunities there as well. Right, but, you know, in construction, and I'd,
0: I'd be interested to get your take on this, uh, low, generally, low margin, high risk, from a business perspective, high risk industry. Does that play into it, do you think? Do you, do you think the nature of, of the job site, the risk for not being profitable on a job, does motivate, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, unsafe behavior?
1: Well, you always know there's three major keys to any successful projects: cost, schedule, and safety. There you go. Okay, uh, and the contractor has a choice mm-hmm. of which one is the priority. Right. And often, cost is overshadowed or looked at. Schedule may be the priority. Mm-hmm. What we understand is, is those companies that do put safety first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cost and schedule will follow. Productivity goes up. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, your cost goes down. Because just think, the average impact of an incident on a project, just the indirect costs associated with Joey going and getting a Mm Band-Aid, is about $35,000. Now you think about that. And we're talking just a, a minor just incident scratch. on the site. The reason he's, he's going to the safety trailer that you've got a person staffed at and you're doing this, et cetera, et cetera. So the indirect cost, sure. not to mention the impact on loss of productivity. Well, there may be 10 people waiting on Joey to finish whatever he's doing right. before they can do what they're exactly. doing right. on so it's, and it's on. It's just a domino effect. Right. And so when we begin to think about it, and, and the other thing that we're fighting right now, and you hit it at the intro, we're in a severe workforce shortage, mm-hmm. okay? And and that philosophy of we'll take anybody that can fog a mirror is wrong. <laughs> We're looking for the best right people to come into our industry. And those are people that are capable and competent to do what they do and do it safely. So the challenge for us is we bring in new people, okay, right. whether they be first career, high school, mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. whether they be second career, second chance. That's the first thing you have to screen. you got to really look at what is their safety proficiency, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you've got to demonstrate your commitment as a leader. And that's what the, you know, I'm convinced thoroughly and that the single biggest advance that we will make when it comes to safety going forward will not be a new piece of technology. It will be uh-huh. leadership. I, I would tend to agree. So then why do we get pushback?
0: What are some of the objections that you've heard to, well, it sounds
1: great, but? It, it goes back to I can't afford to do that. Yeah. I don't yeah. have time. And, and I tell them all the time, well, you, you do have time. You, you you got time to take care of it when it occurs. Let's just make sure it never does.
0: In getting ready to speak to you today, Greg, I looked at some of the statistics in the industry. And if you do follow a methodology such as the step methodology you've described here uh, briefly to us, I, I saw the number 670 times safer. That. That sounds hyperbolic. Uh, and I had to look that word up. To, uh, yeah, that's that's my word of the podcast, Way folks. Yep. Everyone try to use that in a sentence today. All right. So 670% safer. That alone should just... Eliminate any objections from any contractor. But now, let's say that we have eliminated those objections. Where do you even get started? What do you do? Who do you turn to to help you become a safer uh, contractor?
1: Well, if you're an ABC Step member,
0: yeah, yeah, you
1: know, or you're an ABC member in general, mm-hmm. uh, you turn to your local chapter where mm-hmm. they can help facilitate a lot of these activities. Sure. Here's what it boils down to, Wayne. And this is this is where, as you would say, the rubber meets the road. This is about a commitment. This is, okay, I've overcome the obstacles, I don't have time, I've overcome the obstacles that I can't afford it, I overcome the obstacle, whatever that is, this is about a leader's commitment, large company or small company, to say there's no daylight between my expectation mm-hmm. that we can have a safe job site every day, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. No, ex- no daylight between my expectation and what I'm gonna hold you accountable to, okay? right, right. And so what is your first step? Well, it's it's kind of like coming clean. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can remember the days when are you on you know Saturday afternoon are you weed whacking in shorts and a pair of flip flops in the front yard. I, yeah. I
0: still have scars all over my all over my lower legs. So yes, you,
1: you live it. You have to say I'm going to live it every day. I right. mean The the only person that's more maniac about safety than me is my wife. Uh huh. Okay, and I've got her so conditioned. <laughs> is that when we are in town and she sees construction going on, uh-huh. that's not safe. That's not safe. You know, and she'll walk up. To I me. was going to say, Dad, she made you pull yeah, over to she, the side she of the road. Literally, literally oh. pulled we away to Seattle not too long back, and she saw a guy cutting right. something and she goes, that's not safe, just pull over. Right, right, and right. she walks up to the fence and tells a construction worker, hey, I don't know you, but I bet your wife or your husband or whoever it is that you uh-huh. go home to tonight is would not want you doing that. <laughs> so it's about, a, it's a mind shift. It's a culture thing. Oh, no, sure. Sure. You know? and, and people have to understand that the, well, I used to hang out with you and do this, right? And well, yeah, I know, but I've had that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. don't let it be the cathartic moment of somebody dying on a project that's going to radically change the way you look at safety. Know that you don't ever have to go there and therefore do it. Right. And, and so what are the steps, pun not intended, mm-hmm. is the reality is is to evaluate where you're at on process. Okay. And that's what the step program does is it gives you the process map to start that journey. So in all of the work in getting the safety
0: message out there and having a structured program available for contractors, I suspect you have accumulated data over the years and have some Pretty interesting statistics on safety, on some causalities, or at least correlations between behaviors um, and the way you operate as a contractor. What you can expect if you do different things, or don't do different things. Share some of that with us.
1: Well, it started, as I said, back in the late 80s, early 90s, collecting the data. Mm -hmm. Three years ago, we began to really analyze that data, and what we saw and let me just give you context here, is safety is not proprietary. Right. Okay. Safety is for anybody, Mm -hmm. ABC member or anybody else out there. So this is not exclusive to, and Mm -hmm. and I'll tell the audience out there to go to our website and Mm -hmm. this report that I'll be talking about in a moment is available to anybody. And it tells very specifically what you should do focusing on what we call leading indicators. Right. Because out of looking at over three years, we had analyzed north of 3 billion hours worth of work, okay? And we saw the high-performing thin-air contractors that Mm -hmm. really perform well with respect to safety Mm -hmm. do six things consistently, okay?
0: Six things. Let's talk about those six things. But first, since you've mentioned this information is available to anyone, any contractor out there, where do they go to find it? What's the website? ABC.org.
1: Okay. Okay. There's a tab right on the menu bar. It says safety. You can click down and it says safety performance report. You can download a PDF copy right off that website.
0: That is as easy as can be. That's a URL I can remember because that's my password, ABC, (laughs) right there. Okay, so it's that easy. And we'll remind everybody of that website here at the end. But now let's let's dig into those six things. What did this 3 billion hours I think you said of or maybe it was 6 billion whatever it's a pretty statistically relevant sample right what did this teach you what are the 6 things
1: well as I alluded to earlier the most significant piece of catalyst that goes behind all of this is you can Peter Drucker says it best. Mm-hmm. Okay, culture eats strategy for lunch. <laughs> okay, so, or breakfast, depending on your meal of the day. Mm-hmm. So you can have these lofty safety goals set on the wall, but if your culture doesn't support it, mm-hmm. okay, the C-suite doesn't buy into this thing. Yep, you can't expect Jane or Joe out there to deal with this. So my point being, here's the secret sauce: one. You know, we found out through this, those companies that have a substance abuse policy, mm-hmm. okay, that is not just drug testing. That is the ability to take somebody and offer them an opportunity to get off of substances. Okay, so it's not just... This is proactive. This is very proactive. Yeah. It's, it's a substance abuse policy. And, you know, there's an argument out there because of legality and the recreational marijuana and opioids, this is a big deal in our industry. Right. And so what we've got to do is those companies that first analyze this, you're going to have to hire lawyers. You know this. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have to establish a substance abuse policy. Very consistent, fair. Be that kind of person. You get a substance abuse policy. What ends up happening there is you can reduce your total recordable incident rate by 63%. Just by doing that? Just by putting a substance abuse policy in place. And and is that hard to do? Is it expensive? Is it
0: Does it require you hiring a staff of no, people?
1: You, you have to, you, matter of fact, you can go to uh, the... Construction Coalition for Drug and Alcohol-Free Workplace and there's a download for free on that website We'll go back to that later, but you can dub- download a model substance abuse policy off that website So the resources are all
0: here basically everything up. we're talking about today The resources are here and we'll we will make sure to remind right. folks about where to go to look for those So all right, that's number one. Right. We've got five more to go. I don't two, Yeah,
1: a new higher orientation remember mm-hmm. what I said a moment ago your role as a leader or the highest ranking official that employee is going to come in contact with, foreman, general, foreman, general superintendent, whoever, they have to be able to articulate, okay? There is no daylight between my expectation when it comes to safety performance what I'm going to hold you accountable for. We actually know if you have a new hire orientation program, 254 minutes or greater focused on safety, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. I can reduce your total recordable rate by 48%. And so, so now with these
0: two things, we're, we're now starting to, to uh, compound here. We've got 60%, we've got 48% and I suspect we're, we will get some other decent numbers here. Quick story, my first job out of college. I came in for orientation expecting that I would be filling out paperwork and, you know, uh, getting my benefits set up. Nope. First thing that the vice president of this firm did, I think this might be the only time he ever talked to me the whole, the whole time I worked there. Right? He brought me into a room, sat down, showed me a safety video, and then talked to me for half an hour about safety. And he said, there is one very quick way to not work here young man and that is to not be safe and that stuck with me the exit
1: strategy is quick
0: (laughs) yes it is yes it is and
1: the 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 opportunity that we have to have to form that first impression Mm -hmm. and again some companies are small shops that the ceo or the owner is the chief bottle washer and the cook and the accountant and everybody else right they can probably meet with the employee one on one. Larger organizations can't. What we're trying to say here is define what that looks like. And we know empirically, data told us 254 minutes or greater, I'll reduce that total recordable incident rate by 48%.
0: And it doesn't sound like you made that number up. Two hundred fifty-four is pretty darn specific. We, we know
1: exactly what it is. Now, if you're an ABC member, yep. I, I have to go back to that. Is we actually have a template out there available to our members mm-hmm. through our chapters. Mm-hmm. So if I don't, I don't know how to, I don't want to talk about for two hundred fifty-four minutes. <laughs> We've already nailed it down. For right, it. right. And so the the idea is again, the resources are out there. Mm-hmm. You just got to make that commitment. So we said one, okay, you've got a substance abuse policy. Two, you got the new hire orientation. Right. The third one I'll go to is what we call site-specific, all mm-hmm. right? I may put in acoustical ceilings or hang light fixtures all day long, but I'll argue every day of my life that every room you hang a light fixture in presents new hazards and challenges. Mm-hmm. Every plant, every facility, every whatever, I do the something, that's right. You do the same thing, but every location has a different opportunity. Right, and, and doing the
0: same thing every day over and over again can lull one oh, into yes. a, a sense of false yeah. safety and Absolutely. security. Absolutely,
1: and so site safety orientations are really important. It takes that moment to get somebody acclimated to their environment. Mm-hmm. They're looking for those things around there. We empirically know this, okay? If you mm-hmm. do that, you spend that 15 to 20 minutes of a site safety orientation every time they come to a project. Mm-hmm. they move from one room in a building to another room. Spend that time doing that. I'll reduce that total recordable insert rate by 50%. All right. I'm going to lose track here because I'm not writing this down. 60,
0: 48, 50, yeah. all compounding, and we're only halfway through. Yeah. So, number on
1: to number four, number sir. Number four is the, the, what we call the calibration moment. Now, think about it. You know, the, the days of checking your heartaches and headaches at the gate before you get on the job site are long gone. Right, right, all right. right. Uh, Joe had a bad day. Jane had a bad night. They're coming into work. How do you get them calibrated that morning? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. you do a toolbox talk. Toolbox talks, are maybe something that you're going to be working on today. Mm-hmm. It may be a refresher course on how to put a body harness on. Who's uh, who, who, who is giving the talk? It's the great thing about it in great dynamic organizations. It's the team. Right. it's not the boss right it's not the foreman right it's you you're on the crew today and i'd like for you to bring a toolbox talk on this and yeah. it's not sign this piece of paper oh, yeah. it's
0: in human nature, supervisor tells you what to do, okay, nod, shake, and then when she walks away, then it's you and your gang, and you're going to do yeah. what you can get away yeah. with, right? Exactly. But if you have the peer pressure, if you have everyone looking and thinking, at least in the back of their mind, keeping that, you know, safety with a capital S yeah. there, that's really powerful.
1: The, the old parlor game where they show the pictures and everybody sees something different. Do you see the old lady or the young lady right. or whatever the case may be? Everybody sees something different. Mm-hmm. And those moments where you can have somebody share a toolbox talk and maybe relate it to something that's happened in the life become Mm -hmm. very powerful moments
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and
1: people learn from these things and Mm -hmm. so a toolbox talk takes that moment to get everybody focused on what they're doing you can do this in the morning and good companies do it after they come back for lunch
0: right right you know well it's like a good football team you know you've got your pre-game prep and then your huddle and then you have your post-game analysis so toolbox talks are really important 62 percent reduction and total recordable incident. Right? I'm officially giving up memorizing Don't these. Worry. But again, the information's all, it's out, all there. out there. All right. All right. So uh so you've done the toolbox talk now. You're you're well on the way to being a much safer and and I would argue much more successful, profitable contractor and on to number five. Number
1: five is having a strategy to analyze what we call near miss, near hits. Right. It's those things that but for the grace of God, this would have happened. yeah. Are
0: those are those commonly reported? It seems like those are things that aren't normally measured. Talk about, talk about that. Well,
1: a there's a stigma behind near hit, near miss that, you know, if you report it, somebody's going to get on to me. Right. I was lucky. Okay, the reality is, is there's, there's, there's an opportunity for us as leaders in this industry to begin to change that. We are, there's a move afoot to call it good catches. Oh, I like that. Okay. So you're flipping that from that negative connotation to a good catch. Right. Which incentivizes people to say, man, I saw this activity today. Mm -hmm. We need to write this down. Right. Now, the great thing is, is yes, we're seeing the volume of them go up, but it's got to be shared.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. We've got to make that information, and it may be specific to a company. I'm not saying there needs to be a gross website out there, but if I'm a contractor and I have five different projects and five different crews working out there and a crew experiences something on their job site, they call it a good catch they write it down that needs to be shared as a best practice so that all the others are aware of wow that happened over there
0: right having a process to do that is incredible right and it does sound like a a quite quite a shift instead of sweeping something under the carpet to go proactively again make it available for other people to learn from your near miss that's or right. mistake near hit near
1: miss thing and that's a 61 percent reduction okay i, I again uh, just throwing it off
0: no now i now i now i understand though how we go from you know a, a percentage rate of uh, essentially three yeah. to, uh, for a contractor who does not put safety first
1: down to that 0.05 so last but i suspect not least number six so number six is all about having a site safety committee strategy mm-hmm uh, many of our many contractors today are specialties. They may be subcontractors, sure. they may be working for a general contractor, mm-hmm. or they could be a self performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality is is how do you take that information from across the project, across all the subcontractors, mm-hmm. and putting mm-hmm. that what we call a principles council or a committee together to share that information, you know. A, a, share, across companies. All contractors. So we're all at the same project. We're mm-hmm. all marching to the same drum. So if a general contractor is out there and has got a lot of subcontractors, right. making sure they got a representative in there and we're talking about safety consistently. So mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. They're doing the same things yeah. out there. When you have
0: multiple subcontractors on a job, as we all know, you're not only just bringing in different crews, different people, but also different cultures with respect to safety. So to normalize that at the job site seems incredibly important. Um, Sixty-six. Sixty-six no, percent. All right. It's come there, right. Yeah. Oh no, I knew, I knew it. So uh, <laughs> anyone there who's been multiplying these percentages together can can see how we can get to that large number of six hundred and seventy percent reduction, which is incredible. When you're mentioning subcontractors, I'm wondering if you've, even anecdotally you have any information about does a subcontractor who takes safety seriously, who puts it first, and uh, applies any of these steps to their business, does it help them actually
1: get work? Yes. Uh, the, the the owner community, the developer community is hyper aware right. of safety. Sure, that it's paramount. Yeah. you know, and so more and more of those individuals are asking those questions first. Mm-hmm. You know, what is your safety record? Well, you know, what is your safety performance? What are your protocols? How mm-hmm. do you do this? Mm-hmm. And the better you can articulate it, many of our step participants, mm-hmm. they just have to say, "I'm participating in step now." And that's sufficient, that's and su- th- su- th- su- that su- tells, su- tells the story. To fill out the questionnaire, right? Because the owner community now knows the process and the program, the value of the data through the safety performance report.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And and again, if you're a small contractor,
0: you mentioned you know if you're 25 or above, then you report out to OSHA. Many contractors, many contractors who we work with at Viewpoint are smaller. Uh, is there any reason why these m- methods? Could not be applied to a smaller firm nothing but commitment there you go uh it's it's nothing but commitment all right so i know you know this i know i warned you that every podcast we have our our special moment where we ask our guest to provide that one special nugget of advice and you've probably been wondering why i have a chicken here with me and it's very, yes, it's very awkward. It's hard to get him through TSA every single time. But I bring him, and he's here now to give us your, or rather introduce, Greg, your special nugget moment for us. It's
1: a big deal for me.
0: Okay, well, here you go. Give us that one nugget, the one thing, if, if nothing else, that the audience can take away from our discussion today about improving safety on construction job sites.
1: Get involved. Get involved. Safety does not happen. Mm-hmm. You do safety. Right. And I say this as I travel across the country and talk to people you getting involved matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't tell people to own safety, they have to have a fingerprint on the glass. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, and, and the more we can do that, the better off we are. So it's about getting involved. Your involvement really, really matters. Well, Greg,
0: your involvement has really, really mattered. I've been listening to you now talk about safety uh, in this industry for a number of years. You have sincerely motivated me. I have seen you become so emotional. I'm, I'm really surprised that we didn't have an emotional moment. I, 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 feel, I feel like we're having a little bit of an emotional moment right now. I'm, 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 tearing, I'm welling up, people. But 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 in all seriousness, uh, this is so important. There are no good reasons not to and only reasons to put safety first and be
1: proactive about it. Change your perspective. Yeah, there you go. Um, and, you know, again, two websites I'll tell you. Yes. You go out and Google abc.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to the safety tab. Download the safety performance forms free. Available to anyone. Anybody can get it for off that website. Great. And then also you can search the Contractors Coalition mm-hmm. for a drug and alcohol free workplace.
0: And again, that's the Contractors, Contractors Coalition for a drug, drug and alcohol free workplace. Right. Wow, well we we almost did that as a that's duet. Right. It was pretty good. You want a lot of resources we, out there again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to try it again? You want to try it again? Okay. The Contractors Contractors Coalition Coalition for for Drug drug and (laughs) Alcohol-Free Workplace. I think we need to head to the karaoke bar. What do you think? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you very much for joining us again. Greg, thank you very much, sir. Appreciate very much what you're doing, not only for the ABC, but for the entire industry, helping make us safer, more productive industry. Folks, thanks for joining us. Greg, have a great rest of your day, and uh, we'll see you at the karaoke bar later, right? Thank you so much. All right. Over here. Take care, folks. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Check back for new podcasts at viewpoint.com or on the same channel. Craving more thought leadership pieces? Check out our Viewpoint Surveyor blog at blog.viewpoint.com, which is updated several times per week with the latest news, industry best practices, and much more.